This is Kaya Drive with Seasway on Kaya 959. Now, if you just joined us, uh, you are in time because our guest is on time and in the studio chilling with us, Eugene Koza. What's a guan blood? Hey, nothing much. Are you well? I'm good, my G. Okay, so the first thing, <laughs> a lot of people are asking, where have you been? Mm. And so I think I'd be doing everybody a disservice if I didn't mention that out the gate. I always find that question weird. Where have I been? Does it mean like physically where have I been or industry-wise where have I been? I'm, I'm assuming because obviously they never know where you are physically. They don't live with you. But there was a time where we could account for your whereabouts just because yes. of your profile and your presence. Yes. And then there was a number of years where it seemed like you'd mm. taken a step back. Yeah. Yeah. For those times I was at home living enjoying the finer things in life which is peace tranquility and family yeah that's it man there's nothing much to it what forced you to that decision or was it a matter of ah you know what i made enough guap sing grandly let me fall back <laughs> can one ever make enough guap sis? i don't know you gonna tell us you gonna tell us um it was a it was a life choice really and i think the universe kind of put me you know on a pause gangani a few tragic things happened, which we'll go into later on. Yeah. That made me reevaluate life and kind of think, good to you. there has to be more to life than this. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So I guess I suppose the reason why everybody we've been asking is because you had a very strong following. Which, had? Well, I don't know if you still do have it. <laughs> we want to see. This is your first show in a while. If you get there, this thing is empty. <laughs> You oh know what I mean? No. This, is, this is why I'm trying to help you. I'm like, let's, let's interview this guy, Shane. I think he needs PR, Eugene. You know? <laughs> so that's the first thing. Yes. The second thing, um, a lot of the things that comedians ended up doing were things that you were at the forefront of. Mm. Right? So mm. even here at Kaya, mm. uh, to have a comedian on air was something that, as far as I remember, you started. Yeah. Uh, with Uncle Bob. Yes. Um, it actually goes way before it was with Komoto. Ah, okay. Back in those studios, La Payan. Yeah. Yeah, then we came over here. But I have to give credit to Greg. Greg had the foresight mm. to think this would work on radio. And I was very skeptical. And he said, Look, I'm getting a pool. Yeah. And then I came on and then it happened. You see, and then obviously you did your shows. Yes. Endorsements started rolling in. Yeah. All of these things that require a perennial presence, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're going to carry on, I suppose, being in the public eye and making yeah. money out of it. Yeah. So then people always wonder, why would somebody walk away from that when it would seem that you're having a good time? I think for me, when I started doing comedy, I never wanted to be famous. Yeah. That's the saddest thing of the whole thing. Because when we started, the only type of social media there was was Facebook, Yakumbula now. Mm. And then there came the Twitter lifestyle, and then obviously there was the radio show, and then there's the endorsement. And then I kind of felt my life getting out of control because I'm a very private person mm. by nature. Mm. So when people wanted to know what was going on, and when I'm talking about people, I'm talking about the media, it, it put me in a bad place, and I started losing footing of who I was. You know, I didn't enjoy it at all. I didn't understand that fame came with doing what you love. For me, those two were never associated. And we asked that South Africa. I think what we suffer from the most in this country as people in the limelight is bad management. Mm. Our lives outside of what we do is never managed. We're left to our own devices, you know? And I think it got the best of me. And I thought to myself, before I lose myself, let me just step back. 
Okay. We joined the studio by Eugene Koza. Uh, he says it's the first interview he's done in like six years. Yeah. Already I've caught him in a lie because I've discovered that he was actually at Gareth Cliff's studio. I never I, I never count anything that I do with Gareth <laughs> as an interview. <laughs> Why I not? Li- I like talking to Gareth. Oh, you don't like talking to me? No, because we've never <laughs> spoken on air. <laughs> We've, we've never spoken on air so this is i agreed to this purely because i knew that i would enjoy myself otherwise i would have said you know i would have said uh, okay, okay. <laughs> now on a serious note if you got any questions you can give us a shout the number is zero eight six double zero double zero nine five nine hit us up on whatsapp as well zero six three six double eight zero nine five nine eugene Koza in the studio we're also going to find out if he's still funny because that's another question that people ask are you still funny can you lose your funny? I'm ours now. And already people are asking me about the skit you did with Bonang and Trevor. <laughs> Every dog has his day. And funny enough, oh what people don't realize, you know how I was there when you were recording the thing? Because we're all recording it together. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's a long story that maybe we'll get to. Yes. Uh, but now let's just dial back because we got some voice notes and here is the first. Hey, welcome back to the great Eugene Koza, man. I think the last stand-up I saw of him was at the Blues Room in Santin back at Village Walk when Village Walk was Village Walk with the comedians. Other than that, it was just those fairies moonwalking in your mouth type of uh, uh, jokes that he was doing for ad companies and stuff. But yeah, good to hear his voice back and yeah, nice one. I'm coming to his show. Okay, so maybe let's get that out the way. Mm. When is the show? Where is the show? Funk Bar. Where is Funk Bar? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, Tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. And then we've actually come up with a residency. That's where I'm going to be for the next, until the rest of the year. I'm going to do two days, last Wednesday and Thursday of the month. I'm going to be there. And then I'm doing um, Fire and Ice in Pretoria, Mendlin, on the 30th of July. Yeah. And then again, uh, in July, I'll be in uh, Cape Town. So generally, when people see somebody who hasn't been working in a long time and then they start working again, they go, it's in Pelilimali, what mm. happened? I just missed it. Yeah. Um, I haven't. I didn't even do comedy. Last time I did comedy was when I went to Australia, did the festival there, yeah. went to LA, and then went to New York, and then I came back and then it was locked out. Yeah. And I wanted to do more comedy. But I told myself, I'm never going to do comedy until it's normal again. I never wanted to watch people laughing with masks on. Yeah. Yeah, one. Or maybe do a show virtually or anything no, like that. No, I never wanted to do any of that. So I yeah. said to myself, I'll wait. And I wanted a spot where it felt like a club where I can reintroduce myself to myself, mm. if that makes any sense. Why I chose Funk Bar is because Samoka is a great guy, is a great promoter. And it also is very small and compact. So it feels very intimate before I go and do bigger shows. Now, this is a funny thing that I only grew to understand once I was hanging out with comedians, mm. right? That you guys prefer intimate setups, Absolutely. actually, than, yeah. uh, you know, somebody going out there and doing an arena. Mm. And for me, as a layman, it would, I would think layman? he wants as many people as possible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, because I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't do gigs. No. I, for myself, I speak for the dumb No, children. I don't. That time, I at never, the Grammys, voila. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm saying I'm a lame man, I'm a crummy. No, in the comedy, in the comedy <laughs> space. In the comedy space, I'm not I'm not a performer. But when I used to do, not? when I used to play in clubs, when I used to play in clubs, right? For me, yes. if the club was packed and big, oh, yes. you were winning. Yes. That's that's a gig you wanted. You yes. didn't want an intimate setup. 
I think what people take for granted with comedy is ego-based. Yeah. As humble as we might behave or try and be like, Oksala, we want people to appreciate us. But the funniest thing is the best moments in comedy is the come up. Mm. When you don't know what's going to happen next. When you walk on stage and you're not sure if the audience is going to laugh or not. Those are the best moments you can never get back. But as soon as you're famous and there's 500 people, 1,000, 3,000, 4,000 people, you know what to expect. Mm. And that kills you. That inside. Now you start being on autopilot. I doubt there's any comic who's doing big crowds and is still present in that space whenever the show is happening. In fact, you look forward to what happens after. Mm. So you'll want to have your friends around. You'll want to have a routine. You know, you want to have that Coca-Cola as a reward for yourself after you've done the show. But the come-up season, there's nothing better than looking at an audience and them thinking, please die. And then you're going, mm-hmm, let's see. In Again, in comedy circles, yeah. they don't mean die as in literally... <laughs> Heal over and stop breathing. Oh, they don't? <laughs> dying, no. Dying in oh, comedy no. circles means nobody laughs at your jokes. So you get on stage, yes. and then it's crickets. Yes. That's what dying yes. is. So when he speaks about that, he's not saying people are wishing death upon him. <laughs> Although maybe there's some are, I don't know. <laughs> but we're going to find out how he would react if people did wish death upon him. Hello, season team. I remember, I think 2011-ish. That's how long I've been with this radio station. 2011-ish, when he was still doing a show with uh, with Homo yeah, with Bob, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, he would do his comedy stunts. Now, what I want to know is, would Mr. Koza ever reconsider co-hosting a radio show? Would he ever come back to that scene? Just wanting to know. I'm glad you bring that up, Mubulawa. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you why I'm glad <laughs> Because Eugene and I have this discussion all the time Yeah. And he's even tweeted He says traditional media and radio is dead oh, I said it's dying Oh, he said it's dying Yeah, Okay, and then, and then you said you, Even you, the fax machines are still operating They're dying Yeah. On internet record Okay, no, dying is fine Because yes. that buys you leeway Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're all busy dying <laughs> You know what I mean? Every second I live yes. is the second I die. Yes. So that one I'll give you. Yes. Um, but have you heard of the phrase striking while the iron is hot? Absolutely. Do you believe in that phrase or not? I think it depends. Yeah. Um, I think career-wise, there are things that you can do because you're still hot to do them. Yeah. And I think most of the time, that's the short-term version of how you'd look at your life. Yeah. But long-term is how you feel inside and the people that you have around you. Yeah. Um, so I believe in waiting for the perfect moment emotionally because mm. I know myself. I know when things get too much for me, I don't feel like participating. So I look at those two things and I go, if it makes financial sense or it makes emotional sense, then I'll choose the emotions because I know that in the long term, I'll always be able to make some money if I'm fully aware of my surroundings and I'm still, you know. Alive. So then what does comedy mean to you when you got into it? Was it just a matter of, ah, okay, I'm funny, let me try it? Or is there a deliberate ethos that you live by when it comes to comedy i was I, i've never considered myself funny yeah at all i've never i've never considered myself funny in fact the the, one, the first few people that thought i was funny i can even name from the top of my head it was a friend of mine we lived in the same apartment building his name was prof mm. he had a friend of his that he worked with and his friend happened to be trevor gumbi we met a couple of times and trevor gumbi said come to horror cafe in newtown and i went to horror cafe <clears throat> and i met kiriboni mulaudzi who owned horror cafe comedy nights mm. and he said jump on and from that day he said jump on again the next week and the next week and the next week and i kept thinking to myself when are these people gonna realize that i don't i'm not i'm not yeah. i'm not funny and they kept on saying yeah whatever it is that you're doing keep doing it 
And that's how I approach comedy. And I think that's why I can walk away from comedy when I feel like it and come back to it because I feel like um, it's never something that I've used to get somewhere. Okay, so right? maybe you didn't think sense? maybe you didn't think you were funny in the beginning. Yeah, but surely after standing in front of thousands of people as you have multiple times mm. and they always laugh, mm. then surely you must think, okay, maybe I am funny. Nope. Then nope. what do you think it is that gets them to laugh like that? <clears throat> I think at that moment we are finding a connection, and I always think to myself, one day the connection is going to go away, and I think it's been the biggest um, fear of my life is one day realizing that maybe I'm not good at this thing. But I know that I am. No, and that may happen. You're correct. I don't think I'm fine. No, look, the connection may go away. Yeah. But I'm saying right now, in the yeah. moments where you are making people laugh, yeah. surely you've got to acknowledge that at least there you are funny. <laughs> Look, I, I find myself laughing during my own stand-up shows. Yeah, I'm doing it for myself. I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time. And I can tell you now, Caesar, if there's someone sitting in front and what shirt color they're wearing or what hairstyle they had, I, I can never tell you. Yeah, I don't remember because I'm there having a good time by myself. It's thoughts that I have when I'm by myself, things that I do in the car, in a plane when I'm traveling somewhere, and I do them when I'm on stage. And I feel like if, the, if, if that's what people think is funny, I'm good with that. Are you able to watch other people and then find humor in that? No. Absolutely. So you think everybody else is not funny? No, no, no. I think they are funny, yeah. but I'm envious of the crowd finding them funny because I don't see it. Uh, Does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't see it. I, I hear someone being funny, but then I'm like, I wish, I wish I could get it. I wish I could get it at that level where they think it's funny. And I feel like that's the most uh deprived I am of 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 my own craft is the fact that I've traveled so many places and I've watched people perform. And all I can say is technically, you're good. But funny, I struggle finding someone funny, if but that now, makes any sense. What does technically you're good mean? It means that you did all the preparation before you jumped on stage. You tied your shoelaces. You cut your hair. You know, you chose that color shirt to wear. You chose where to position yourself on stage. You chose what to say first. The first thing that you did when you lifted your eyes from looking at your shoes to looking at the crowd, it was when it was game time. For me, those little intricacies are what defines funny. Everything else in between... If, if funny was universal, it would have been the same. Yeah. So because we have so many genres and so many points of views, it can't be the same. It has to be the technical aspects of the funny that make us love a certain comic. It's the way they make us feel from the first time we see them on stage before they even say anything. Kaya Drive with Seaswear, Monday to Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. On Kaya 959.